Hey friends, welcome to the H&H Hour. We are so excited. My name is Heidi and this is Heather. Hey everybody, welcome back. We're your hosts and we have been promising you for quite a few episodes now. Yeah, since the beginning. Yes, that we would be bringing some guests on. Mm-hmm. And we've really been talking and um, honestly praying about what that would look like. And we have a whole list of guests. We do. We've got some some women in the wings that are waiting to come on and to speak to you. But we just felt like we would be doing a disservice to ourselves if we didn't bring on the best of the best. That's right. For this fifth episode. If we did not bring our A game. That's right then we would be missing it. Yep, missing out. And so I am so pumped and excited to tell you that today is our first episode with our guest. Yes. And they are right here with us in our studio. They're sitting right here. Recording with us. And guys, girls, listeners. Everyone listening. These are our men. So we have brought on our husbands. Yay! So right here with me I have got Kip, the dashing, handsome incredibly intelligent Kip Bolt and to my right to my left (laughs) I have I have my awesome brother-in-law Chris Taves who is married to my sister and Chris I have to give a shout out to you from the very very beginning um so you guys have been married 16 years yep and almost 17 so about 17 and a half years ago, Chris, you and I stood on a balcony on family vacation <laughs> and you, Pinky, promised me to share my sister with me for the rest of the days of your life. And I have to say, well done, you faithful, faithful <laughs> servant, because you have shared her so well. I did, didn't I? So bumps. All right. Well done, man. That's awesome. We are so excited to have you both with us. Thank you for being willing to put up with our crazy and um, our our ideas for what our dreams look like. And we just hope that through this conversation that you get to know a little bit more about us, about the H&H Hour, because our men are really... Um, our biggest supporters and our biggest fans and the reason that we are able to do this because they've cheered us on they've encouraged us they've they've believed in us they've said you can do it they've funded us because let's just be honest stay-at-home moms make zero money right I mean we should make a ton of money but we don't we don't so they have just been um, the driving force behind this and we we appreciate that so much guys thank you so much yeah you're welcome. welcome we love you guys yeah thank you so as you all know um here at the H&H Hour, we really want to highlight the ordinary, yep. um, the ordinary people, ordinary lives. We think that ordinary is beautiful. Mm-hmm. We think that sometimes ordinary gets lost in the busyness of this world and in um, what this world sees as success. And we see ordinary as beautiful. Absolutely. And Heather, that's why we say um, that the H&H Hour is about this beautifully ordinary life. Right. And about those ordinary moments that we might not see as beautiful, Mm -hmm. but also about the men and women Mm -hmm. in our lives Mm -hmm. who might see themselves as just ordinary, helping them realize that their call, their Mm -hmm. like uniquely 
designed gift set mm-hmm. is so beautiful. Yes. And that it's so um, important for and, them to realize that. Right. And God-given. Absolutely. So we do not see our men as ordinary at all. No, we don't. Uh, they are by far extraordinary 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 yes um but we ask all of our guests we're going to ask all of our guests these questions and so kip and chris we want to know from you what is something that you feel makes you ordinary because i think a lot of us have that that thing that makes us feel ordinary that makes us feel like just one of the crowd um so who wants to start chris we'll let you start okay what makes me feel ordinary yeah um I don't think there's one specific thing. I'm. This is more leading into the next question about extra, extraordinary. Okay. So bear with me. But I think it's very easy to, as a man or a woman, to feel ordinary in the world that we live in. I think the marketing, the media, the self-promotion that's all around us, the highlight reels that we see on, on social media, uh, it's very easy to f- just feel ordinary. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a battle. I think it's a mindset. Um, so yeah, I feel ordinary all the time. Okay. That's good. It's a good answer. answer. Kip, what do you think? Um, so this, yeah, this is a a great question. Uh, when you sent it to me today, I, I spent a a long time, I was driving back for work today and so spent probably the last couple hours looking through it and thinking about it. Um, for me, my answer is a little bit more personal. I think listening to your guys' podcast last week, um, Heather, when you specifically talked about not feeling smart mm. um, or, the, you know, you just didn't have yeah. anybody to compare yourself to right. and, and have a gauge. And yeah. um, mine is the same um, struggle, mm-hmm. but for an opposite reason. So uh, when I was, it was, so to answer the question, um, I feel that I'm often ordinary in my intelligence mm. and um, to the best of my ability, uh, I think that it comes from the fact that when my parents divorced, um, it was obviously pretty traumatic for my brother and I. We were at a pretty uh, vulnerable age, and um, so I was struggling in school. Sure. And um, it wasn't that I I didn't understand it. It was honestly just a matter of the fact that I didn't want to do the schoolwork, and so I didn't do it. And so um, at the age of about seven. Uh, my parents and the school sent me through a barrage of basically tests to determine if I had a learning disability. Hmm. And um, when the test came back, uh, all uh, across the board, um, I was essentially average. Hmm. Um, Maybe a little bit better than average, you know, 60th percentile, but essentially in the bell-shaped curve. And it was At such seven years old. Yeah. And, and it was and it was essentially like celebrated like, hey, you're normal. And I can remember hearing wow. that like, hey, you're normal, like you're you're average. That's good. And so I think like I think back to that often like I'm average, like that's wow. where I'm stuck at with you and it stuck mm-hmm. with me. And so I, now I, I know if I think about it that, you know, I mean, I believe to be above average, especially in understanding very nuanced and complex topics, but there's still that kind of struggle of just in the back of my mind, like, hey, I'm I'm average. Wow. So isn't that crazy how something one instance as a seven year old as a child can stick with you through your whole mm-hmm. adulthood and make such a profound impact on your life? That 
That's incredible. That really makes you want to measure your words, doesn't it? Absolutely. And I think as a parent, you know, I'm thinking in parent terms right now, I think of those decisions that we make as parents yeah. that affect our children yep. throughout the entire course of their lives. That's right. That as a seven-year-old young boy, mm-hmm. you know, Heather, you have a 10-year-old. Right. And I have a five-year-old. So I think of those little boys who are not able to, you know, even define their own emotions yet. That's right. Having to navigate through something as traumatic as divorce of their parents. And the fact that here at, you know, however, 30 years later, he can still remember that feeling. That's that's pretty intense. Those are Um, are great answers. Okay, guys. So, um, all right. So, Chris, what makes you feel extraordinary? Okay. So what makes me feel extraordinary is the opposite of my answer for what makes me feel ordinary. So if ordinary is what the world's telling us, what really the lie from Satan is that you're ordinary, Mm -hmm. then extraordinary is what God actually created me to be. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I I go back to um, creation. When God spoke everything into existence, uh, and then he did something really special. He got down. And he got dirty and he created you and I out of dirt. Mm. And then he, he knelt down, he extended himself to us, which is the definition of grace. And he breathed his spirit into us. And so if you and I have the breath of God in our lungs, if, mm-hmm. if you and I are carrying his spirit in us, then there's definitely something extraordinary about us. Mm-hmm. And so every time I, I feel ordinary, I shouldn't say every time because I've believed the lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, it's easy to believe that lie and live your life in an ordinary fashion. But when I grasp a hold of, of the fact that I've got the Spirit of God in, in my lungs, mm-hmm. that I was created to do something special, that if I um, follow what God's called me to do, mm-hmm. that's, that's extraordinary. That's ex- absolutely extraordinary. And there's only one person that can follow what God's told Chris Taves to do, and, and that's me. Mm-hmm. No one else is coming to do what God's told me to do. Mm. That's so good. I think we just went to church. No kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Let's <laughs> start preaching. No, don't. That's good. That's part of that's what I awesome. love about you, Chris, is the preacher in you. Yeah. So good. So good. All right, honey. Smoking hot. Yeah, so what, what makes, makes you me feel extraordinary, extraordinary? Honey? Yeah, so uh, this is even tougher than the first one. Um, <laughs> and I, we've recently at church been talking about perspective. And so I spent, you know, a while thinking about this and, and couldn't come up with anything. And, um, then like it occurred to me that the best extraordinary thing about me actually has nothing to do about me. It has to do with my wife and children and Mm -hmm. that Heidi and I often talk about how we just feel that that maybe our greatest calling isn't necessarily anything that we specifically will do, mm-hmm. but that we have been called to be the shoulders that our kids stand on. Mm-hmm. And so um, I know everybody thinks that their kids are the greatest and every parent should think that their kids <laughs> right. are the greatest. Um, but it definitely for me, uh, you know, our Crosley, our Wilder, our mm-hmm. Collins are, are the best part of anything that I've done okay who brought the Kleenexes (laughs) no kidding holy smokes 
Well, Kip, I, I think that's an awesome answer. I think that you don't see all the extraordinary things about yourself that the rest of us see because you are truly an extraordinary person. And yeah. I wouldn't just say that because you're married to my sister and yeah. kind of the same thing like what she said at the beginning, like there was literally no one good enough for her because <laughs> they were going to take her away from me. Yeah. Um, and there were there was a line that, that wanted to, you know, to have you. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then you came along and you've just, you are really extraordinary. And yeah. in your intelligence, and you're one of my favorite people to have intellectual conversations with because you actually are super smart. Yeah. And it challenges me and it pushes me. And so I, whoever gave you that test and said that you were normal well, must have been smoking yeah. something. <laughs> so you're, you're one of my favorite people to talk to, Heather. So maybe we're just... Couple dummies. And Maybe they don't realize just, it. <laughs> <laughs> they should know <laughs> those no. books. What are those books? Dummies for the book of dummies uh, for Kip and Heather. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, you're both two of my faves, so maybe it's all my fault. <laughs> no. No, I, well, think, I appreciate that. Heather. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, mm-hmm. so the third question that we have for you: um, If you were a famous person, who would you be? It could be anybody from. All of history. Yeah. So this is this is gonna sound like a totally bad answer, and I apologize, and it, it kind of messes with your guys's questions. But um, <laughs> I thought about this, I thought about it, I thought about it. There's literally nobody that I would rather be than myself. Like I love that so much. I just like yeah. There's people out there that from the outside they honestly probably seem like they have a cool life and do cool things and and all that. Um, from the practical side, though, um, as we all know, like I don't like the limelight at all. So being famous actually sounds absolutely awful <laughs> Horrible. to me. <laughs> you wouldn't get to stay home all the time. I, I, the only the only way I could be famous is if if I was famous for being grumpy and not liking to be famous. That would be, <laughs> that would be my my famous thing. So I um, I'm actually gonna. I'm actually going to pass on that question because I have two famous people that I would like to meet. So Okay. No, I, I love that answer. Okay. I think that's great. I do think that's interesting, though, honey, because you have quite a few um, I, man crushes. I do have some man crushes. Yeah. Can you tell us one of your man crushes? Yes. Well, over the years, there's been many. Well, I, many, none of whom he's ever be, met. Many would be a stretch, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Is Mike Rowe listening? Yes. yes. Mike. Mike Rowe was the first one I knew of. Okay, so here's here's the reason why I have a crush on Mike Rowe, though, because I think his perspective is refreshing. I think he he is one of these guys that when you watch him and listen to him, um, whether he knows it or not, nearly everything he says is full of truth from a biblical perspective. Hmm. And I don't know if he does that on purpose or not, but... He's always optimistic. Yeah, he's he is. always encouraging. He's always um, encouraging of others, and he never mm-hmm. shies away from hard work. And I just yep. think that that's something in our culture that we could use more of. And so, micro for president. Micro, micro would be. Let's yeah. start a hashtag. Well, and he is ruggedly handsome. Yeah. At, you know, as well. So yeah. he's your man crush too. No, not mine. No, oh, okay. Kip's my man crush. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good answer. Yeah. Good save. So, yeah. all right, Chris. What about you? If you were, if you were a famous person, who would you be? Well, I'm. I really kind of. I'm stealing Kip's answer now well, that I've heard his answer. 
no, no. We no, want to know no. what your first answer was. No, I will tell you, and okay. I will tell you. Okay. Hold on. So I agree with Kip. I, I don't have an extreme desire to be famous, and I'm very content with who God made me to be. But maybe the question should be who one of my man crushes. Okay, Because that's yeah. kind of what Kip answered. So sure. Okay, that's fine. Let's go there. Even though we're, we actually technically get to ask the question. Question. Well, and I get to answer yeah. the question, so uh, I'm going to answer it the way I want to answer it. Uh, I'm going to say Louis Giglio. Nice. Because I just identify with that guy. He is kind of a hero, a modern-day hero for me. Yeah. He founded the Passion Movement and is leading Passion Church, and I just love uh, to listen to his messages and how he speaks. It really impacts my life. So Louis Giglio. So good. That's awesome. So good. Oh, I love Louie. I will never forget hearing him speak live for the first time. Um, you know, there are messages where you think you're never going to forget that message. Mm-hmm. And then a few weeks down the road, you forget the message. Yep. Mm-hmm. His messages stick with mm-hmm. stick with me in my mind mm-hmm. so profoundly. And I just, I, I love him. I think what God is allowing him to do is so profound. Yeah, every, so, so incredible. Every time I see the moon, I think of Louis, a message that mm-hmm. Louis Giglio gave. Absolutely. How that were to reflect the sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Absolutely love it. So good. Okay. So this, this question is lighthearted. Um, guys, if you could have lunch with any one famous person, who would it be? Chris, we'll let you start. Man, all these questions about famous people. Uh, well, you know, we just got to get you thinking. Um, Mine would be Brian Houston. Yes. Shock. <laughs> uh, no, I'd love to have lunch with Brian Houston. He's uh, another modern day man crush hero of mine. For, for those of people that are listening that don't know who he is, can you tell us a little bit about him? He's and- an Australian pasta. No. <laughs> uh, no, he leads the Hillsong Church uh, globally. And I'd love to sit down with him just to ask him, man ton of questions but one how he leads so effectively with teams all around the world because hmm. i've been fortunate to be to some of the hillsong churches in different countries in like south africa and i go in there and brian's not there but it's it's his dna and what he and bobby have done the culture that they've set that's in that place and other places and it's the same mm-hmm. and so to get that consistency on such a a big scale is absolutely amazing to me. So good. Yeah. Good answer. Okay, Kip, what about you? All right, so because I didn't want to be anybody famous, I, I'm going to I'm gonna have a beer with one famous person, and okay. then I'm going to go to lunch with another okay. famous okay. person. Okay, that, that works. So, um, so in the... In, in the same day? On the same day? Um, probably not, because he likes to be at home. That's true. Yeah. So probably two separate days. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. two separate days. I feel days. like I'm getting gypped here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I want to beer okay. with somebody too. Okay, we'll let you. You, 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 think, of, you, yeah. you think of someone to have a beer with. Question, and question Kip. 4B for Chris. We'll come back. So um, I so going along the lines of the, the man crush theme. So another man crush that I have is, is a, a guy that I follow on social media. His name's Steven Ranella. And he's he's kind of a, a, a modern day renaissance hunter in the in the sense that he's um, highly intelligent, master's degree, um, and, and spends a lot of time talking about um, really honestly how hunting has impacted and affected the human condition for all the generations that we've been around. He's just a very interesting guy, knows a lot about a lot, and so I would, I'd have a beer with him. Uh, if I was going to have lunch, 
this was kind of a hard question, right? Because there's like to pick a famous person from all of time. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, do you go Noah? Do you go with biblical perspective? Yeah. There's, I, you know, a hundred guys that you can Donald meet with Trump. there. Listen, or, or I do tell you go my modern son. Modern day. I tell my son all the time, Bennett. Life is hard. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah, life is this hard. This question is hard. Yeah. Deal with it, Kip. So, so I ended up. So, and then of course, right? You you could always go with like the give me like well Jesus. <laughs> true. And, and and hopefully in this, which case it would be a glass of wine. Yeah, yeah, true. Hallelujah. Um but is this going to sound kind of weird but I almost like it's like I'm not going to have lunch with Jesus cuz I feel like I know Jesus. Mm, yeah. You Good know? answer. Yeah. I feel like I yeah. I feel like I know him and not to take away from lunch but hopefully I'm going to get to spend eternity w- with him for the rest of my life at some point. Great so point. so rain check on the right. life with Jesus. <laughs> Undoubtedly. Like uh, feast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so then I'm like, okay, well, I'll go, I'll just go modern day. Um, somebody that I find I- intriguing. And um, so I went with George W. I think um, just for people of our age, he presided over probably and hopefully the first and last traumatic event that happened on our homeland. Um, Mm. He's a man of God. We know that he um, is a man of faith. And so just the ability to to sit down with him and and kind of hear his story about how he and his family and Laura um, not only dealt with it as an American, the, mm-hmm. the terrorist attacks of 9-11, as an American, somebody that was profoundly affected by it, but then to have to lead our country through that, yeah. um, would, I just thought would be kind of cool. So, Well, and you know, Kip, as we've um, just watched a new president be inaugurated and yeah. um, Heather, as homeschoolers, I know both of us took the opportunity to let our children watch that. Yeah. Um, and some of the comments that came out of our little ones, yours especially, because yours are 10 and 7. Yeah. So they understand Understood better. A bit more. You know, mine are 5 and 2, but my 5-year-old had some pretty interesting questions. And um, I know your 7-year-old kept telling Mr. Trump that he should smile, that he looked angry. Yes. Her exact words were, Donald, why do you look mad? You should look happy, Donald. <laughs> yeah. And she actually had a five-minute conversation with me the next day about being so concerned about the fact that he was so upset looking. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he didn't want to be president. And so it was just really cute and funny. But, Kip, as you reference um, George W. Bush, it makes me think of the fact that, you know, how many moments of greatness that he experienced there at that White House mm-hmm. with his dad and, um, you know, his dad being president and then himself being president and then him handing off the presidency mm-hmm. and all of those moments. But what it made me think about is our own sons. Mm-hmm. And just today we were down in the basement and our little five-year-old got on the treadmill and he instantly stripped his shirt off yes. and he started to run. <laughs> and as he ran, he pushed the incline up all the way. Hmm. And the reason he did that is because his dad runs on the treadmill Mm -hmm. and he pushes the incline up all the way. Mm -hmm. And I thought, our sons and our children learn Mm -hmm. by example. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, George W. Bush, as you've someone you respect, he watched his dad walk that road Mm -hmm. and he went, I want to be like my dad. Mm -hmm. And as our five-year-old ran on that treadmill today with his little shirt off, with his tiny little scrawny muscles hanging out <laughs> yeah thinking he was like mr suave right running on that treadmill um it just hit me the impact 
that you dads have on your sons. Yeah. It is, it's so substantial. It's so like magnificently out of this world, more than we could put words to just something about a dad and their sons and them wanting to follow in your footsteps, even if it is uphill mm-hmm. all the on way. The incline. And they're watching your every move, every mm-hmm. move, every single move. Yeah. yeah. I have to tell a funny story. Um, about our son, when Chris goes and travels, he tells him, you're the man of the house now. Right. And so Chris had to travel recently, and Bennett comes in, and I keep a plethora of um, weapons in my right. room. You do. While Can you tell travels. us about those weapons? <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, if, not all of them. Maybe some of them. A mixture of weapons? I just, let's just say I have several. Yes. Um, and they're all legal. They're very scary. I think-ish. Yeah. So anyway, one of them is a bat. A metal bat because uh-huh. who doesn't need a metal bat in their bedroom right right kip uh, yeah and you're on not? speed dial right. so you'll be there in yeah. two seconds if i need you right but um bennett came and the bat it normally is on chris's side of the bed okay um but chris was gone and so bennett comes into our bedroom right before bed and he goes and he gets the bat and he brings it over to my side of the bed and he says mom i think we should keep this over on your side of the bed while dad's gone mm-hmm. oh buddy and he was so serious about it and i yeah. almost cried because he took so seriously what chris said yeah. hey bennett you're the man of the house now yeah and i just i loved that because he was like he was really owning that at yeah. 10 years old at 10 years old which absolutely was, which was so great yeah. which well, just shows that our boys especially are born with that that perspective of I'm I'm a protector. Yeah. You know, I'm a I'm a provider. I'm gonna provide protection for this family and leadership and yeah. that's so huge. I love it. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Kip, that was a great answer. No, Chris had Chris had oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I get my yeah, sub answer. Right. His beer. Uh, well, it's not going to be a beer because this guy is formerly an alcoholic, so I don't, oh. I don't oh, believe he drinks yeah. anymore. So water with lemon. So yes, water <laughs> with who am I going to have water with lemon with? Okay. Um, when I was uh, growing up in Canada, um, about the age of 12 or so, my favorite hockey player was Theron Fleury uh-huh. on the Calgary Flames. And in my room, I probably had eight giant posters of him just decking my walls. And he's uh, he's like a five foot seven guy, but it's just like one of those. He's like one of those little dogs that he had yaps, and he he had strength beyond his size. And he just, I, I, I just thought he was awesome. He was a great player, and uh, played for the Flames. He won a Stanley Cup early on in his career, uh, the only Cup the Flames have ever won. But it was awesome. And uh, the day he got traded was a sad day for me. Mm-hmm. And he he played a few other places in his career, but he he had some serious problems. He um, got into cocaine, got in the wrong crowd, got into alcohol. Um, it really messed up his life. And now, though, he's made a full recovery. Hmm, uh, awesome. He's he's really dealt with. He went through some crazy abuse as a child, hmm. um, a, a lot of things. And I just love to sit down and hear his story, mm-hmm. hear his heart. And, and now he's helping people through uh, that are going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's speaking all across Canada about abuse and, and different things. And I'd love to have a, a glass of water with him. So <laughs> That is awesome. Your son would be so proud that you just brought hockey to the H&H. Gotta bring hockey. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, guys, um, here's your next question. I'm so interested to hear their <laughs> answers for this one. I'm a little nervous. I am a little nervous, too. <laughs> okay, what is your ideal date night? Side note, 
keep this PG in case we have any young listeners. Oh. Yes. PG or PG thirteen? Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe PG thirteen. Okay. Can we get like the little, like what qualifies PG thirteen? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just have to figure that out. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Okay, honey. So, what is your ideal date night? PG thirteen. PG PG thirteen. Okay. Um, I feel like this one's kind of easy because I feel like we've had like some a lot of perfect dates, but if. If I had, this is like perfect date, not in Peoria. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not in our hometown. Easy, bro. Okay. okay. Like when we go on vacation somewhere, right? I mean, okay. we still do date night on vacation. It's sure. just kind of an extension of the day. Right. Okay. Sure. So I would have to say it would be uh, late spring or early fall. So okay. temperature's wow. nice out, you know, go to dinner, eat outside somewhere, um, have a glass or two or three of wine or whatever. <laughs> um, and then probably like, probably just continue that outside somewhere. Hi Siri. <laughs> what was that? Sorry. Siri wanted to be a part Siri of your date. Siri wanted to join our date. <laughs> she said hello. No, it'd probably, it'd probably just be continuation, you know, outside. We've had, we've had a lot of times where we, our best dates have just been, you know, go find somewhere, sit outside, hang out, Normal. have a drink and just talk. And yeah. just, especially, you know, we're in that season of life where having more than a three minute conversation um, can be a challenge because of little. So. Oh, three minutes is generous, yeah. honey. Yeah. Without getting interrupted. Not yeah. without, mom, like, mom, yeah. Hey, mom, yeah. 20 seconds is yeah. generous. Yeah. Yeah. So just. Uh, just Dreaming a, together. And yeah. Just talking, talking about, about Yeah. Just talking about life. And let's be work. honest, that, that just means like catching up. Like catching it, up. It can, but I being mean. Being reacquainted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi. How are you doing? Um, yeah. And then since we're at PG-13, we'll leave it there. Okay. Oh, that's good. That's good. What kind of food would you want? Um, Man, we're both pretty big seafood fans. Fresh seafood on mm-hmm. the beach somewhere. Ugh. Scallops. Oysters or scallops or crab legs or any sort of fish. Yeah. So our honeymoon, we did 10 days um, in a beach home on St. George Island. Yeah. And if you don't know, that is a a private island. Partially private. Par- yeah. Partially private, mm-hmm. but the portion we were on was private. And um, we were able to, we had a, this amazing gourmet kitchen. And so we got to cook our own seafood. Yeah. So we would go and get fresh seafood for like super cheap. Yeah. And cook these amazing meals that at that time in life we wouldn't have been able to afford if we had right. gone out. Right. And because that so, was the baloney phase, right? That was that, the baloney phase. Well, yeah. actually, that actually we were living. We it was honeymoon, so we didn't even know baloney phase was imminent. That's true. Right. So, it was coming. It was coming. It was coming. <laughs> we were smart so, enough to know it was coming. We had some. Yeah. We had some wedding money that we were burning <laughs> through. So. But um, yeah, that was. Oh, that's that was fun. fun. Yeah. So Appalachia, Appalachia Bay oysters, Appalachia Bay. Oysters. Yeah, really good. Is where those come from. Sounds so, yummy. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. okay, Chris, you're up. What okay. is your ideal date night? So the perfect date night. I told Heather earlier that I broke this down into five components. Oh wow. Five. And I that, know. That sounds like a me. lot, but this is actually, I think it's you know, it's going to be a lot like Kip's here. So here's your five components. First component of a perfect date is a beautiful woman. Mm. I've got that. Okay. Uh, the one woman I've got sticking with, Heather. Yeah, I'm, sti- I'm sticking with. Plan. I'm sticking with you, you. You got me, baby. So that's the first component. Second component is a good drink. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, lots of different options there. Third component component is a comfy chair. Mm-hmm. Somewhere comfortable to sit. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Fourth component is a great atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the best dates we had this last year was in Nova Scotia where we we uh, you went along with me on a work trip. Yeah. We stayed an extra weekend. Yep. And just beautiful atmosphere. Yep. Looking out in the in the ocean mm-hmm. to the Atlantic. And then the fifth the fifth component is great conversation. Mm, that's really so good. So just um, that's that's my perfect date. That uh, can't beat that. Talking can't about life that. and dreams and so good. What we're doing right now. That's pretty good. Yeah. We have this conversation a lot because um, because Chris travels so much, we sometimes feel like our date nights can kind of be like like you just said earlier like catch up. Yeah. Where where you just like everything piles up because he's gone. And we might not have the opportunity to have phone conversations as much as we would talk if you were home or sure. or things like that. And so we have a date night and all of a sudden, like, I just unload, you know, yeah. like everything that I've been storing up and just blah, it just comes out. And those can be really stressful because sure. you've kept it all in and it's built up, built up, built up, built up. And then all of a sudden you have this date night where you're alone with each other and your kids yeah. are away and it just, <clears throat> it just sort of combusts mm-hmm. and that those can be really hard sure. and so I feel like in this season of our, and of, of our lives we've sort of had to navigate through date nights and what those look like and and realize that date nights for us don't aren't always the traditional date night those aren't always the best mm-hmm. for our marriage even though I think date nights are so important and we're going to continue doing them we've had to find other ways mm-hmm. to connect and to be um intentional about dating each other um, and not just relying on that like big date night event does that make sense yeah um because it's it's just a different season of life for us right now and and so we've had to be really intentional about that yeah well I know for us we're in the season with littles so our littles are in bed by 8 p.m every evening Mm -hmm. so our we kind of get multiple date nights per week mm-hmm. if we choose to. Um, some nights we look at each other and like, let's fall into bed exhausted right. at 8.05. Right. Um, and sometimes we're able to stay up and have yep. conversations and reconnect. Yep. Um, but I know for you guys, yeah, you've got a 10-year-old who yeah. now wants to stay up and read and hang out yeah, and do totally things. Yeah, it's changed. So all of a sudden, he's wanting to be up as late as you're wanting to be right. up. Right, And so that looks different. It does. For and you guys. Just, uh, I would say in the last couple of months we've had to learn how to navigate that we're still learning we're still trying to figure that out because he's not ready for bed at eight o'clock right um yeah he literally cannot fall asleep he'll lay in bed for an hour hour and a half thank goodness he loves to read yes and play legos and yeah so we're you know we've instituted some he has to be in his room he can you know no technology but he can be in his room playing legos or reading but he's still awake sure you know and so that's changed for us too where we used to have mm-hmm two, three hours every night when right. our kids went to bed. So it's just interesting as your kids grow and as um, seasons of life change that you have to learn how to sort of rethink what dates look like yeah. and how to um, make sure that you're spending time with one another in the best way possible and in healthy ways. Absolutely. Um, so. Well, that makes me kind of think, Heather, um, we didn't talk about this at all, but just appreciating the season you're in. Yeah. Because, okay, so for my season right now, our every day, all day is so consumed with three littles yeah. that need us for everything. 
you know, even asking permission to get a drink. You know, right. can I have juice? No, right. you need to have water. Why? Well, because you've already had juice today. You need water now. Right. Um, whereas, you know, and you can tend to kind of not not see the beauty in it, in that ordinary. Yeah. But the beauty for us is that most evenings, if Kip is home, you know, not traveling, we get our evenings together. Right. And we get, you know, if we want to watch a show together, we get to watch a show together. Or if we want to go past the PG-13, <laughs> we get to do that. <laughs> right. Back you know, everybody's asleep. Yeah. Let's trade back rubs. <laughs> back Hallelujah. Rubs. <laughs> um, and, you know, so I think realizing that yeah. each season has its yes, beauty. Absolutely. And, you know, while you guys aren't in that crazy season with the littles. Right. You're having to learn how to work through those preteen. Yep. You know, having your 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 kiddos up with you right. at night and not giving your me time as yep. much. Yeah. So it's different, and it I think is. I think the trap we fall into is thinking that that next season is going to fulfill us. Right. Is going to make us happy. Right. Is going to be the fix all, and not realizing that God has us in this season for mm-hmm. such a, a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. And we have to learn to grow through it mm-hmm. and to be refined through it um, in order to successfully move into that next season. Yes. Yes. That's so good. Okay. Um, so enough of this heavy talk. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, can you share with us one thing, as we've been talking about parenting, one thing that has taken you by surprise in parenting? It can be a positive or a negative. They're looking at us with blank stares because we sprung this one on yeah. them. They didn't know this We've one was We've got some coming. new questions coming. Yeah. Um, so one thing that's kind of taken you by surprise is you've been in parenting now for almost, well, for a decade for you, Chris. You're up. Um, I think that one thing that's taken me by surprise is my relationship with my daughter. It's... Um, it's just really special. Like for the first, um, when she was a baby, we were just talking about this off air, but when she was a baby, it, it wasn't my favorite phase with her. And she had some colic and screamed a lot. And I remember the first time that uh, you, Heather, left me at, at home with her and I freaked out <laughs> because she spent the entire two or three hours screaming. It was probably I'm, it was probably only forty five minutes. I, I'm pretty I sure you that. called me, Chris. I, I probably called somebody. I think somebody. you called me. <laughs> what do I, I do? Yeah, am I, am I, I, I think I remember that. She did what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like how do I get her to stop crying? Yeah, I think I was. I, I knew. I my relationship with my son is awesome, and I I kind of expected that. You know, the manly thing. I'm a man. I I knew what it was like to grow up to as a boy, and I had a sister. Uh, I have a sister, um, but I guess I didn't, I wasn't prepared for how awesome that relationship was with, with my daughter. And it's grown into something really special, just um, trying to win her affection because mm-hmm. she's a mommy's girl, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. she loves her daddy too. And yeah. it's really special when, when she does have that affection for me. Yeah. Sparingly, but it's there. Sparingly. Okay, so this is totally not planned, Chris, and I apologize. But can you tell us about your date nights with Jules, specifically the ones that include tea parties at Steak and Shake? Yes. One of our favorite things to do over the last few years is uh, have a tea party. You know, most little girls, they have little tea sets. And we've gone to her favorite place, uh, Shake-A-Lake, or... (laughs) 
steak and shake, as it's really <laughs> called. And we go in there with her tea set and get some chocolate milk and put it in her tea set and bring some stuffed animals and have a just an awesome daddy-daughter date. I love it. Can I, can I just say that, I mean, that's a true dad to go to a public place and have a tea party with your daughter yeah. at Steak and Shake. That's... Your time's coming, bro. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's so true. That's a true dad. But you know what that you know what that sounds like to a mom? Yeah. Guys, that is smoking hot. Yeah. That is so sexy. Yeah. The brownie points that you earn for that is Yeah, pretty pretty big. Pretty big. But I think too, just teaching her what to look for in a man. Yeah. Like the expectation of how is a man supposed to treat me? And you guys, you know, we talk a lot about your sons looking up to you and watching your every move, but you're setting the standard for your daughters. Yeah. Like what, what is the man that I'm looking for, for the rest, to spend the rest of my life with? And they're going to look, they're going to look at you and say, oh, he's the standard. And so that's. Because you are her first love. I mean, you're her first man in her life. That's Mm -hmm. a big deal. Yeah. It's a really big deal. Yeah. Okay, Kip, what has taken you by surprise in parenting? Yeah, um, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you got to limit it to one yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, you can say should multiple be, things. We should say, what hasn't surprised me? Um, so just probably uh, what we've been talking about, and we've mentioned it a couple of times, is just how much, um, specifically my two sons, Collins, our daughter, is, is too young for it to be relevant for her yet. And hopefully she doesn't want to act like me, but my, the, my two sons just emulate everything, um, to the, to the smallest detail. And, um, man, it it really makes you stop and, and I'm not perfect. And, and I would be the first to admit that. And, and Heidi and I have talked about, you know, I'm a typical guy and can be impatient and struggle with. Uh, I wouldn't say temper, but just struggle with being patient um, and and just reminding myself that they are just little boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but just their their just insatiable desire to copy everything that I say and do, and it's man, it just really makes you stop and go. They like this isn't we're not playing here, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Kip, tell us about so last week you were in California on business. Tell us when you came home. About Crosley coming oh, to you. Oh, I love this story. Yeah. So this was so um, I don't travel often. Uh, or I don't travel too often. Not not as much as Chris does. It, it kind of comes in spurts. But um, I haven't traveled for a while. And then I had to go on a, a business trip last week. And um, for whatever reason, maybe it was just because I hadn't traveled and and for a while. Uh, but Crosley uh, took it pretty hard, and um, it was kind of hard to get out of the house to leave. Uh, and then when I returned, he, I, I kind of felt like, like Jesus and, and like the, the majesty, you know, the, the, like the, the wise men coming with all their gifts. I was being like showered with gifts when I, when I showed up. So he, um, I so I like walked in the door. He had, he had made me a painting that he gave me. Um, then he, um, so he's got a bunch of ball caps. Many of them are Benny's that Benny has given them. Um, so that evening, he came into my bedroom with um, ten baseball caps um, and told me that I could I could pick the one that that 
as a gift. <laughs> oh my so goodness. I picked one. Which, uh, one you, which one did you pick? Um, I think I picked the Baltimore hat. I don't know. Nice. I was it, honestly, it was going right back in his room as soon as he went to bed. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> uh, he made me a Lego, a fire truck Lego. Nice. Uh, but then the one that, that just really got me is is the next morning. I was getting ready for work. I had to, to go into the office, and um, he came in with his piggy bank, and he had taken. I've been giving him money for doing chores around the house and helping helping him to learn for you know work and tithing and giving and so on and so forth and um, he had taken all of the cash out of his piggy bank and had it in a big wad in his hand and brought it into the into the bathroom and gave it to me and said dad this is for you I want to thank you for for coming home oh. and it oh, just buddy. was like it was it was rip your heart yeah, out yeah i was about ready to jerk a tear there waterworks like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so the real question is did you keep the money um no i did not so oh. I, I did keep it so there's certain things that he gives me that i know like okay this is gonna have to stay in my closet for a little while yeah. or he's gonna yeah. be offended yeah um <laughs> and then there's other stuff that i know i can take like right back into his room right. and he'll never know so the money i had to keep for a couple days and then and then, and he still noticed it. And I said, well, hey, buddy, you know, I really appreciate it. But this is money that you earned. And and you don't have to pay daddy to come home. I'll always come home. But uh, <laughs> oh, this, this money's for you. So I can totally relate to that because Jules makes me things every yeah. single day, yeah. multiple times a day. And so, and I don't like stuff. Yeah. Like, I would like to just have less stuff always. Right. Um, and so I have a, a folder that's a keep folder that I pull out when yeah. she gets offended that I throw something away. Yeah. Just to prove to <laughs> Just her. Just to show her that I yeah. actually have her stuff yeah. that I've yeah. kept because it's, you know, I mean, I would have like a whole garage full of stuff. Oh, bless her a little pack rat heart. Of, yeah. She really is a pack rat. Crazy. I know. Oh my goodness. Okay, guys, here's another question. This is a fun one. Um, it's actually two questions, and so you can answer both or you can just answer one of them. One of them was Heidi's question. One of them was my question. The first one is... Tell us your first thought of your now wife. So when you first saw your wife, your first thought about the girl, one of us, that you married. Um, and then the second question is, what is something that you love about your wife? Wow. Uh, my first thought, I saw Heather, I was picking up Heather at the airport in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And I'd never met her before. I just had her name on a list. In 1997. 1997, the big yeah. snowstorm of 1997 in That's Winnipeg. Right. We got stuck there. Mm-hmm. But I saw this girl come down the escalator, and I don't know exactly what my thought was, but I think I thought, Me okay. have that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yep, yep. Something like that. The PG version. Yeah. And the rest is history. The rest is history. And something that I love about you. Um, let me think about that for a second. Okay, we'll let Kevin answer. All right. So, so mine's kind of funny because there's a whole story around how I. You fir- can tell it. First I think you should tell it. Please tell. Yes. Okay. The really quick version yeah. is is that um, I was in college. I was single, and uh, my mom, uh, you know, as moms do, basically every living, breathing, single female in her blog, like sphere of influence was a potential match for me. Right. And so mm-hmm. um, many of them were not potential matches. But finally she said, uh, hey, you should come to Savannah, your sister's soccer game. 
Did um, she have to specify that Savannah was your sister? No, I'm specifying <laughs> for, okay. for your listeners. Okay. Um, you should come to the soccer game because uh, she's got a, uh, a a coach that is very cute. And I was like, okay, great. So um, I came, but then on the way to the soccer game, uh, my mom clarified that uh, there's Savannah has two soccer coaches that are sisters, and she wasn't exactly sure which one was married and which one was single. <laughs> and so Thanks, I'm like, Mom. okay, well, that's a bit of a curveball. So uh, I get to the soccer game, and so my first thought this wasn't the first this was my first thought when I saw you. This wasn't okay. the first thought when I met you. Okay. First thought when I saw you was, well. I'm going to gamble because they're both hot and I can't really screw up. <laughs> so, uh, so then we did, we did eventually meet, but the first, um, thought that I had when I met you was, is that, um, there was just something special about this girl. And, um, I, I mean, I was one of the, the very first things I told you, um, you were, uh, in a relationship and I, I just said, well, that, that's fine. Um, I want to, I want to, I want to be in your life in whatever capacity you have to to be in my life because there's something special about you, Aww. and uh, so that was that was my first thought. Cool. And the quality that I like the most about you, um, well, it's hard to say the most. One that one that I cherish a lot is just how uh, how confident you are as a woman that you're capable, which is which is huge for me. Um, you're 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 not you're not needy in a bad way and you are needy in a good way if mm. that makes sense you yeah, you you, you um have that right mixture so i melt down for you every now and then <laughs> that's okay yeah that's all right. every girl needs to melt down every once in a while yeah for their man yeah. yeah yeah okay chris so there's a lot of things that i could say about you heather but um kind of tagging on what kip was saying, I'd say your confidence as well, but more than that, your strength. Mm-hmm. And um, Proverbs 31 talks about, and I just tagged you in this the other day, but how valuable you are, how, how much you, you mean more than diamonds to me. Mm-hmm. And it talks about that, the strength of that woman that's there at the gates and um, just making her whole household shine and proud. And you make me better because of, of who you are. Mm-hmm. So... Thank I could you. go on and on. But. That's that's so nice. Thank that's you so, so much. Cool. Okay, so one one final question. Okay, I think that well, and we can we can ask more, Heather, if you want. Okay. But I was just thinking. Um, okay, so men, you are truly two of the very best men that I've ever known in my life, and um, so I would say that both of us we have great marriages, strong marriages, yeah. um, not just by happenstance, but because right. we've worked hard. Yeah. Because we've, you know, navigated through some tough seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you men, um, you're married to women that are, are strong, that are leaders, yep. that are confident, um, that have, have our own calling. We have our own calling and our own dreams and our own voices. Yep. But you both so um, beautifully support that and cheer us on. So can you for a moment speak into maybe the men listeners that are listening because we know there are men listeners who maybe have women that they're married to that have those qualities and just share with them what it looks like to support a woman 
who is strong, who has some dreams and some desires that, um, you know, maybe look different than what you would have thought they would look like, or than the, the typical traditional, you know, Jesus loving woman, um, what does it look like to support your woman, um, in a way that is kind of for her own dream and her own desire, but that you get to come alongside? So I think I'll go, Chris, if that's okay. Um, so the, for me, and I can only speak to to my personal example is that um, while you and Heather uh, have very strong personalities, very driven, very independent, very capable, um, you guys are are you have beautifully mastered the ability to have those qualities, but yet when it really matters come under our leadership as a family unit mm-hmm. um and i just it's such a touchy topic and we mm-hmm. you know churches all over the country you know struggle and, and yeah. deal with this um and everybody kind of figures out you know hopefully their give and take and their relationship and what the right mixture is um but you know i i say it all the time like we we have a great marriage because um, you you are easy to be married to, and um, you know, fortunately that's not always the case, right? Yeah. Um, and and it usually comes down to um, a, a pride issue, uh, whether it's for for women or for men, and a selfishness issue, yeah. and it's usually a combination of the two. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would argue that just about any marital issue, um, if you really get down to the root of it, it's going to be one of those two things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's hard to, to really answer that with any significant generality because every relationship is kind of different. But um, I, I would just encourage the men out there like, hey, if your wife, if your wife is strong and she is independent and capable like foster that um because if you do foster it in a godly way um it it should then pay dividends in the relationship as as she sees you leading and fostering that quality in her so that's good that's really good good, kip um to add to that i i just say that god created man He, he told adam in the garden he gave him two responsibilities to one cultivate the garden and to d- d- defend the garden. And so in our marriages, we need to be nurturing and cultivating our wives and, and allowing them to be who God's called them to be within the bounds of the family union. Remember we're, we're one mm-hmm. and we're together. And if we're going back to the date night conversation, if we're communicating, if we're sharing dreams and visions and what God's called us each to do, individually he's not going to call us to do opposite things he's going to call us to march together and take steps together and so our job is to protect and defend that at the same time allowing the freedom uh for your wife to carry out that calling within within the oneness that you are Mm -hmm. and like kip said too it is it's a selfishness issue Um, and as men we have the ultimate responsibility tells us in ephesians that we have to lay down our lives Mm -hmm. you know we have to have that much love that we 
are willing to lay down our lives, which is abandoning everything about ourselves, but laying that down for our wives. So at the end of the day, it's up to us as men to lead well, to protect, defend, to cultivate and nurture our wives. It's on us. Mm -hmm. And it starts with us. And I would add that like, and it's, it's not easy, right? I mean, it's when you, when, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it when, when we argue, I mean, and we do um, sure. from time yeah. to time, um, you know that pride grabs a hold of you, and it's like, man, I'm right about yeah. this, and yeah. I'm not, yeah. and I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to do anything, and that's just Satan, and you know, trying to trying to mess with your relationship. And but the good thing is, is and this is what I found, and I don't know that it's universally true, but I think it is, and that is, the more you humble yourself, mm-hmm. and the more you say okay this is this isn't about me i might be right you you can either you know you can be right or you can be happy which one do you want to be right (laughs) and it's like man sometimes you just need to humble yourself and say you know hun please forgive me i'm sorry for the tone i used i'm sorry for what i said or whatever but the more you do it the easier it gets yeah yeah it it becomes it becomes almost an immediate reaction instead of a resisted reaction as you start to kind of build it into your life you start going man it it just it's not worth it it's just life's too short to be angry all the time yeah yeah and it's it starts with your mind and your heart right because you're right kip we are far from perfect Mm -hmm. and i mess up you know i i fight with heather occasionally we have a great marriage but i'm human and it starts with my mind it starts with my heart and that pride can creep in and boy, you have to squash that quickly. You have to squash that and grab onto the humility, because if you don't humble yourself, God will. Yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, and the great thing is, once apologies are said and forgiveness is given, makeup sex is awesome. <laughs> that's true. So there's that. There's that. Yeah, that's a great note to end on. I, I mean, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for being willing to sit with us on a Friday night and record this podcast with us and be our first guests and we appreciate it so much and we really hope that um if you have any final thoughts that you want to say especially like to the men out there that um are listening because we know there are some men listening as you said earlier and they should be listening this is as i understand it it's i mean i listen it's a podcast for everyone not just women absolutely it is but it also encourages i think for men we had a friend who is one of our dear friends, and he's a guy, he said, I listen because my wife, my wife listens. Mm-hmm. My wife listens, and I know what she's hearing and what's going through her mind, and it helps me know more about her. That's and so, so I think even if you just listen because your wife listens, that's great. So if there is there any one last thought that you have that you want to encourage anyone, but especially men with? Nope. No. Okay. I, 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 was <laughs> wait, I was waiting for Chris. Uh, my concluding thought is is really just more like we're proud of you guys. Um, yeah, it's just it's big to follow your dreams. And, and honestly, you guys following this passion and dream that you have um, is encouraging to me um, to pursue my dreams. And that you guys are, I mean, this, this yes, you're pursuing something you love, but it is a sacrifice for you guys. Yeah. And, um, you know, hopefully this podcast is helping people that are, that are listening to it. And, um, so I'm just really yeah, proud of you guys. Uh, Thanks, Kip. That's where I was going to, Kip. That's why I was kind of 
stunned by the <laughs> question because I was going where Kip was going, but we are so proud of you guys. And it's what an opportunity that the platform you have, yeah. uh, you never know who might be listening and, right. and how our words and what we say can absolutely shift someone's life and change mm-hmm. someone's life. Um, so man, keep going, get a million listeners. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are awesome. We love you guys so much. Thanks, guys. That means a lot to us. Um, I think one final thought, Heather, is that Jesus said that the relationship between Jesus mm-hmm. and his church mm-hmm. should be like the relationship of a man and a woman yeah. and the reflection of his love and his forgiveness and his grace. Right. And for me as a wife, I look back over the last almost 13 years of marriage, and I would say that the greatest moments in my life that I've felt the most forgiven, mm-hmm. given the most grace, given the most love and respect and honor mm-hmm. is through my husband. Mm-hmm. And I know that you could echo these words. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're best friends, Heather. Mm-hmm. We're sisters. Um, so we talk. And um, the thing I love about this relationship between the four of us is that it's built on so much love, but yeah. respect. Yeah. Um, Kip, I respect you so much. I have such a great um, just love and respect for the leadership you bring our family. And Chris, I, I can actually speak for my sister on this because I know this because of how she speaks to me about you. She respects you so much. She loves you so much. She honors you in public behind your back. And you're in a unique position because you do travel a lot. And so Kip and I get the opportunity to kind of love on your family when you're gone. And there is not a negativity about you when you're gone. And I think that that is so huge, just the reflection of your wife and of you, of your relationship, um, because you're being Jesus to her. Mm-hmm. And so just as her, as your little sister, as her little sister, um, as your friend, mm-hmm. I just applaud you. I think that's mm-hmm. incredibly awesome. And I think that so many women um, long for a man that treats them like that. Yeah. And I think so many men could pick up these awesome nuggets of truth from both of you yeah. to know that. When you love your wife so faithfully, mm-hmm. you do get that reward of that great respect. Because yeah. mm-hmm. um, I know men love that and they they Crave it. desire that yeah. respect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. so just publicly, we respect you guys. Yeah, just to encourage the men out there, I mean, like we've said, Kip and I are not perfect. Far from it. But faithfulness is built on a whole bunch of little steps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just, man, take one step in your marriage that's right. Do the next right thing. Yeah. yeah. Love your wife. You know, that moment that you're tempted to say something that's going to be out there forever because words yeah. last forever. Yeah, they do. Be romantic, and, man. Yeah. yeah. Be romantic. Do Take that next step. Yeah. And that's just a step towards faithfulness. That's so good. Well, thank you guys again for joining us. We are so glad that you're listening. Thank you for listening. If you would go over to iTunes and leave us some feedback, that would be awesome. We would appreciate that so much. Um, if you have prayer requests or you want to shout out to us, you can find us on Instagram at the H&H Hour. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.